0: You're listening to E-commerce Marketing School, presented by Privy and Printful. Today I'm here with Holly Savis, VP Brand Art and Community for Creative Action Network. I'm super excited to be here with her because of their approach to community and new product development. It's a super unique angle and honestly it's not really anything I've seen in e-commerce before. And of course, they're longtime Privy customers, and I also think that they're fond of Printful for all their products and fulfillment, which is great to see too. You gotta go check them out. We'll put the link in the show notes, but it's creativeaction.network. Welcome, Holly.
1: Hi, thank you. Thank you so much, nice to be here.
0: Awesome to have you. So, I'm a fan. I obviously spent a bunch of time on the site, but I think it would be helpful for everyone listening who's not familiar with Creative Action Network. Can you help us understand, like, what's the story? What's the business?
1: Right. So, the premise of the business is that art can change the world. And the company was founded in 2008 when Barack Obama was running president. And our co founders decided that, you know, the Shepherd Fairy poster hope had really lit a fire under the idea of crowdsourcing artwork. And so they started an art campaign called Design for Obama, which turned into a book, co-produced. Spike Lee was involved. And from that, the concept of campaigns around causes and certain topics in our culture emerged. And so over the years, we've grown to be a website that not only sells thousands of different designs from different artists that we crowdsource for different campaigns, but also inventory that we now curate and push into different collections and point at different causes. So it's really grown into more almost of an e-commerce company where revenues are shared back with the cause that the campaign supports and the independent artist.
0: Wow. And so over the years, I mean, you mentioned the Obama hope poster, like that really stands out for me personally, Mm -hmm. but are there other kind of key moments that have kind of stood out for you and the brand?
1: Right, um, for sure. So the brand has been around a little bit longer than I have, at Cannes anyway. I've only been here a little over three years. And so even before I arrived, there were different campaigns around gun control and pets, the SPCA. There were a lot of different campaigns that they were running. But I think something that really stands out for me right now is a piece of art that was by an artist that we have. His name is Nick Smith, Nicholas Smith. His name is out there. He does a lot of really amazing black art, black-themed art. He actually just illustrated a book for the women's soccer team, which was very cool. Oh, wow. But a print, I would say, that has really kind of taken off in the past few years is a print by Nick of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in a hoodie. And this was right after the Trayvon Martin the stuff that happened, And there was just such an outcry. It was really at the very beginning of a lot of the very start of the Black Lives Matter movement as we know it today. And so Nick made this amazing image and it just went crazy viral on Twitter. Common, the hip hop artist, he shared it on Instagram. Hmm. It went all over the place. It was like on Black Voices. It was in time. And it really served, I think, to connect the moment when Dr. Martin Luther King was so relevant to today, when wearing a hoodie can get a black man killed, which is sad and the reality that we live in. So, And of course, then that print was sold online to help. I think it's the Dream Corps. I'm pretty sure that's the print or that's the cause that it supports.
0: That's an amazing story. Yeah. And so like the process itself, I think is fascinating. So maybe we can use that one as an example. How does it actually work? Right. So the artist comes to Can and submits.
1: Yeah, they can. A lot of the artists that submit to Can submit as a response to a prompt. So we'll Mm -hmm. put out a call to the community for Green New Deal art for a new book. And sometimes we'll go through our list of artists that we know can participate on a tight timeline. And sometimes we'll go on Instagram if we're looking for really specific art like Kamala Harris or RBG and connect with those artists right then and there. And like sometimes we'll get a submission the next day we got some really great bernie mittens submissions <laughs> nice. from instagram artists but yeah most of it comes in through campaigns
0: and then like who's kind of curating it is the community actually voting on these designs
1: that would be very cool we get so many different designs and we really try to make everything live the idea behind posters for obama was that whoever wanted to submit art could and so we sell a lot of different pieces on our site, from art made by a five-year-old to something that you might not conventionally expect to be protest art. But the reason we do it is because we want it to be accessible to everyone. Mm-hmm. And then, when it comes down to curating a book, for instance, that's when we get involved and we work with a publisher and we think about the different topics we want the book to cover. Um, the curation process for our Green New Deal book was—it was very, I wouldn't say complicated, but it was. I learned a lot through the process of how you actually put a book together. And it's not just from thousands of pieces that are on your website. You have to really like think about your audience. And anyway, um, okay, so yeah, so they submit the artwork and then we funnel it into a collection. So if it's going to be a feminist print, like Hear Our Voice, which was one of the women's March posters selected in 2017 by one of an artist who contributes a lot actually to Can. Her name is Liza Donovan, and she and many artists actually submit to lots of different campaigns. I think they sort of get interested and hooked in into the process of being a part of something better and bigger. In fact, my favorite, as somebody who works a lot with the artists, is when the artists start to follow each other, like on Instagram. Oh, that's And fun. they'll be like, oh my God, it was so cool that you're in the book. I'm the book too. Let's be friends. And it just, it really kind of solidifies the feeling of community we have. So we'll put things on our website. Recently, I would say in the past couple of years, we've really got into the space of curating gifts. So our feminist sock collection over the past couple of years has been our biggest product. It's our biggest product category. And we decided to start selling packs, four packs and six packs and bundling things together. And we've had a lot of success there. And so I think that's one product where it started out as an artist, Maggie Stern, submitting a piece of art and then we realized that she made socks. We're like, well, let's sell these. Let's actually hold inventory. Um, and so we've learned a lot about the e-commerce process and the cycle of getting customers in the door, converting them to emails, pushing your products out. It's been really rapid, I think, and crazy how much we've pivoted in the last couple of years from just a almost like a poster company with campaigns to big e-commerce company that's actually making stuff too.
0: That's so interesting. And so for some of this, like it sounds like you know, for the book example, or for a pack of socks, Mm -hmm. you know, you guys are, you know, doing the manufacturing and, and holding the inventory. In other cases, you're doing print on demand. Like, how are you making the decision to do one versus the other?
1: Right. Well, it's a good thing. I think that a lot of the decision is made for us based on the product type where like for socks, for instance, when we got hooked up with Maggie, she had somebody who had a great factory who was able to give us a good deal and we were able to start buying inventory on the socks. But for the most part with posters, we source through Printful. They're print on demand. It would be impossible for us to warehouse all of the different (laughs) sizes and frames and this and that for all of the thousands of posters we have. So I would say that POD has been really successful in the um, poster and the apparel categories.
0: Nice. print,
1: yeah. But then if you look at something small, like We've been driven, I think, as a leadership team at Can over the last few years, not only on like the product angle, but also what campaigns do we want to support and what products can we bring in that are going to reflect our brand. We partnered recently with Busy Beaver Button Company. They're in Chicago, and they make buttons and magnets and lots of different things out of hemp paper. Hmm. And talk about like finding a sustainable organization, just like Can. They're a certified B corporation top to bottom. Everything is run on solar and geothermal. And wow. we started carrying their hemp vote buttons in our shop right around 2018 when the midterms happened. And then last fall, we had just tons of button sales for a lot of vote buttons. We Can Do It was really big. And so that was something that where we could like buy some inventory. We had been trying to do POD buttons before. And I think we even worked with Printful. And it just wasn't as successful for some reason as this product that had like our brand baked into it in terms of the quality and the ethos behind it.
0: It's great. I mean, I, it shows that Can as a brand is really nimble. And and one of the things that I'm curious about, like, is your title, you know, this is not a, a title or role <laughs> and responsibility that I've ever seen before. So help us understand, you know, what is your your role over there?
1: What do I do? Right. Yeah. Well, actually, that pulls on like, who am I to begin with, which is like a much bigger conversation. But I've always had two passions, really. One is sort of business and strategy and figuring things out and organizational structure. And then the other thing is art. And so for me, when I started with Can, they were actually just looking for somebody to help them with their social media strategy and finding new art. I was like, I would love to do that. Um, but it turns out my skill set really matched up with where our company was headed in terms of pivoting from just a print on demand to having more inventory because I had a marketing background. And at the same time, we're a really small company, just three or four of us who are in management and we're all wearing lots of different hats. So I was working on social media and then I started adding artist responsibilities to my job. Hmm. And then I make a lot of the creative and do a lot of the photography and write so much of the copy that it seemed like I should be the marketing director and creative, this, that. But we also have a wonderful creative VP of or um sorry, he's the chief creative officer and one of our co-founders. So I guess we just made up the title so that the people that I work with most know that I do one of those three things. It's awesome. But yeah, it is what it is. I do a lot of different things. Business plans, this, that. I make art. I'm actually in the Green New Deal book as an artist. So I'm actually a contributing artist. Yeah. I just made we did a mask campaign last year and I had to make a couple of masks or I didn't have to, I wanted to, and just made 50 bucks. From-
0: <laughs> hey, well, there <laughs> you go.
1: That's so exciting. Congrats. So yeah. Thank you. Does that clear it up at all?
0: Just, yeah, no, absolutely. Okay. Just um, It stands out to me because I, I think it's just so indicative of small business, right? And mission driven, like everyone's wearing all the hats, mm-hmm. but I, I like that, you know, at least a portion of where you're spending your time is focused on the community angle and We were kind of doing some back and forth before we were recording Mm -hmm. and talking about like all the social issues and the inequity in the world. And so, you know, I was curious, it sounds like 2020 was a really big year for you in terms of growth. It looks like maybe a thousand percent growth.
1: Well, so our revenue last year was like a million, around a million dollars. And I believe that was six X. I have to like double check, not the previous year, but from the previous year, it was up like. Some crazy percent, like a thousand percent. Wow! I don't necessarily have all the numbers.
0: No, that's it's amazing. But is that because you know people are so tied to the mission of each one of these products? Like, what would you equate that to?
1: Right. Why do I think that is? Well, so last year was a very polarized year for lots of different reasons, and I think that. There were people who dabbled in politics, whether it was being part of a Facebook group or wearing a T-shirt out to vote or whatever, who hadn't necessarily been engaged in that way before. It was almost impossible not to engage in that way last year. And then Ruth Bader Ginsburg died and the election was happening and there were riots and no one could go shop in stores because stores were closed. So everyone was shopping online. So on one hand, you have a big demand for our product and a real social urgency around it. Hmm. And at the same time, there's this huge pandemic raging. And we had to pivot from doing an in-person pop-up show at the DNC last summer. We were going to do like a laser thing. It was going to be very cool. So we took that online, and we made it a a mask campaign instead, where we made a bunch of masks that had worker slogans on them, and then we distributed those to workers. So we did have to pivot pretty quickly. It was a crazy year. We had unprecedented growth and changed our plans on the fly, which I think it was made possible because we are such a small group. But then, when the election happened and the Facebook ban happened, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but they had banned a lot of political or politically adjacent content from being run in ads. And that like was how we had our advertising set up. We were getting three, four, five X row ads, like, like we were getting great returns on our ads and Facebook shut it all down. So we had no way to advertise over the holidays. We are finally able to advertise on Facebook, but it's we're getting like maybe 1%, like terrible, terrible returns, like one, oh. ad's maybe one and a half on our ROAS, and so we're just pivoting again, you know, not only, like, we're coming out of the pandemic, how are people shopping online now? What matters to people? Um, the Democrats won, but also, like, what is engaging people right now? I think everyone is scattered and going to be doing some regrouping around what they're um, affiliated with, what they care about, where they want to live, where they want to work. Like, there's a lot of shuffling happening right now, and it's it's hard to capture that. It's a really uncertain moment. Yeah, it can't just be summed up in an RBG sock.
0: Yeah. Even though those are awesome and yes they are. <laughs> I'm sure they sold, you like, should come like, them. like will. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that brings up another kind of thought um as I was kind of looking at the business. Like how important is speed to getting these products live? You know, once an artist submits an idea or is working with you on on, on an idea you know, you, you go to kind of source it or manufacture it if you're doing print on demand, or maybe they do, but like, how much do you think about time to market for each one of these?
1: A lot. And very carefully, because in our business and the nature of our offering is viral and it's really impossible when your time and action plan for socks is four months. So you have to start planning four months ahead it's really hard to carry inventory for products like that. However, that's where the beauty of print on demand comes in. So um, we are able to offer the filthy mouth wife t-shirt the day after it goes viral on Instagram because right. we either have a designer who would love to do that or has a design or one of us could do it in-house. We put it up and we start selling it. And that is beautiful. And we've seen that. We saw that with the Just Undo It t-shirt that we mm-hmm. had on the site. It was a couple years ago. I believe it was 2017, 2018. But it's tricky when you've got a small staff, and we really do have to pick and choose where we point art hose. It's like the hose of all the art. Like, where do we want to put it? And I would say that as somebody who has been with Can for three over three years and watched our like our social media grow and our business grow, it's really difficult from a marketing perspective when you have such a broad offering. You can't just focus on socks. You can't just focus on prints. You have to focus on what the customer cares about. And so we're always thinking about that thread and how can we bring everything that we sell back to the give back model, touching on people's need to be altruistic and support themselves and show the world what they care about. So we're always trying to come back to that. But yeah, it has been challenging with with Facebook's new rules and the new climate. We're hanging in there.
0: Yeah. And it looks like, though, you do have a bit of a marketing machine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So tell us about that. Like, you launch this new product, which really means it gets listed publicly on the site. Mm-hmm. And then it's not like you just go viral overnight, right? Like, you guys must be very intentional about how you're actually promoting each of these new launches, right?
1: With campaigns that are sort of bigger pieces of collections of art. We are pretty intentional around when we'll launch that. Like we'll do something around Parks Week for um, our new collaboration with Merrill Shoes. We did trail running shoes for them with Sea America to support Earth Justice. So three artists made shoes, but we really try to match it up when we can. Another thing we look at in terms of the marketing though is how do we match it up with consumer events? Like I gotta get a shopping, you know, a gift certificate for my mom or it's gonna be Mother's Day soon or it's Black Friday and we have to start sending our emails at 5 a.m. now. It's very much tied to one of those two things, either our, like our quarterly sales or promotions that any company like Gap would have, their big sales, or is it tied to the campaign like the Green New Deal that would launched last fall? And we were able to draft off of some of the election messaging. So it was like, you know, it, this is an amazing program. Look at the Green New Deal. Let's put these posters up everywhere and get people to vote for progress. And I think our marketing machine has suffered. Since we um, were unable to start advertising again, in that period when we were not able to advertise, our marketing machines really suffered because we're not capturing people through Privy. Yeah.
0: Oh, right. We're <laughs> not through on our site. Yeah. So,
1: right. So our email list, um, which was around 40,000 last fall, is still kind of hovering around that same mark. Like we're not acquiring customers. It's not growing. Interesting. We're not feeding it at the rate we wish we were. So we do have a machine. Now we're just trying to get people in it again. Yeah. After a major disruption of advertising and huge social and political upheaval in the country as well. Like everything is just settling again.
0: Yeah. And we're about to go through potentially more change with the Apple, Facebook stuff too. So I'm sure you guys are watching that closely. I think this week we're going to actually find out what happens there. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Okay. So, but, you know, historically it sounds like email is kind of the launch point to notify the community of new products that are coming or that are just going live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then are those emails that you write yourself?
1: Um, yeah, I do write some of the emails. Max and I, so Max is one of the co-founders of CAN. We have a, a marketing calendar that we, I obsess over around what we're going to be launching and what's coming up and which artists think they might have something. But like I said, we've shifted a lot from a campaign-based marketing Outline to a more e-commerce based outline yeah. in a way, and so we send an email usually twice a week, regardless of what the topic is, and then we just plug in our topic. So the Merrill uh, shoe launch just happened, so we had a really fun email go out about that. Uh, other than that, we're promoting Mother's Day. It's spring, so Park Week started on Saturday, and so we're promoting our Sea America collection. Awesome. There's actually a lot of Park stuff. Mick Stevens cocoa. I don't know if you're familiar with them. They did Sea America Cocoa. So there's this really fun packaging. There's Wyeth Hat Company. Oh, Wyeth, yeah. Based in Southern California, they made Sea America hats. So there's a lot going on that's not, like those are licensing deals. So there's a lot also that's not POD type stuff happening. I don't know how much of this is useful. No, it's so, (laughs) no,
0: no. I mean, it's fascinating. I mean, I think one of the key themes that's interesting and stands out to me is, you know, CAN has just such a strong community of people that, in their own way are activists maybe they're not going down to marches but they're you know they're passionate about certain things right and so you are able to partner with the art community to bring products to them give back to the artists and to nonprofits like i think it's fascinating but also like it's so predicated on putting new products in front of the audience that you have which i think is a really compelling concept, it's hard to execute. And you know that better than anyone else, but um, it's really powerful when you have a engaged community.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think 100%. And once we send one customer a print, they remember the next time something big happens. And they say, I wonder if I can get that Bernie Mitten's print creative action network. So they come back and we've actually seen, and this is very exciting, I believe an uptick in our print sales since we started our Google Shopping hmm. campaign and we we decided that since Facebook's not really working out for us right now, we can leverage our catalog and get our thousands, tens of thousands of different designs out there. So we're getting our Google Shopping in shape, which is exciting. It certainly does feel like now is the time to stay engaged and to tell everyone what we care about. I think people are coming out of the pandemic with a really different perspective on what they want to do. I mean, of course, people are going to go back to enjoying the things they enjoyed before, but I think it's changed everyone. And I know that there's really only one direction to go in terms of our world and whether it's caring for the planet or lifting people up or healthcare, it's all going to be great. It's just going to take a little work to get there. So if we can use art as a way to encourage people to engage in the activities they care about, whether it's the Green New Deal book where you pull out the posters and put them all over the place or something like wearing a pair of Nancy Pelosi socks to your Republican mother-in-law's house. (laughs) Uh, You know, these little resistance. Yeah.
0: Love it. That's great. Holly, this is awesome. Appreciate you taking the time. And if you're not familiar with CAN, go check them out, creativeaction.network. It's a great, great business, great brand and great e-commerce store so holly thanks for coming on today great tips for everyone in the crowd and good to just get some more awareness for you guys
1: thank you so much for the opportunity it's been fun